0: Uh, so this is what the Lord put on my heart. We started the year with everyone has a story. That's what he said, Harold. I, everyone has a story. So all year long, we've had video testimonies. Almost every Sunday, we've had a video, video testimony. Not all of them, but most of them. And they've impacted lives. Have they impacted your life? Yeah. Come on, lift your hand. If you Have they blessed you? Come on, have they blessed you? And, you know, I don't think we're going to stop. I don't know if we'll have them every Sunday, but uh, as these stories come especially during this time of the year. We, we really want to get these stories out there because God can use little children and old adults. He can use everybody in between to carry the message of faith. So we're going to continue this. So we started with uh, uh, Everyone Has a Story, and now we're going to end this year with Everyone Has a Story. And so God's put it on my heart to share, and I've already shared this a little bit about Zacharias and Elizabeth and Joseph, then Mary, then the shepherds, and then on December 31st, we'll talk about the magi, because you know they weren't at the manger, I hate to burst your bubble. But they were not at the manger; they were at the house, and he was a child, he wasn't a baby. So they came later. So we're going to do that at the, on December 31st. And we used to have a manger scene in a nativity scene in our in our house, and we had on the fireplace, and we put it up there. But I would put the you know the, the three kings; I put them way off in the distance <laughs> on another table. I don't know; I'm just that way. Uh, I want to get it right. So we're going to be we're going to be talking about uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah and their story of preparation. Because, guys, we're all in the preparation stage. I don't care if you've already come to that place of your purpose, you're still, God's preparing you for the next thing. You prepared to get up to go to church. Some of you prepared last night. Some of you ladies laid out your husband's clothes so they would know that they, what to wear today. <laughs> Honey, what I wear, it's laying out there for you, babe. <laughs> that shirt? Yeah, that shirt. You know, you want to wear that old T-shirt? No, we're not wearing that, you know? So you're prepared. We get prepared for to go to work. We get prepared every day to do things that are before us. So we're always, even if we've already accomplished something, we're all in a preparation stage for something or or something uh, that God has for us to do that we have not accomplished yet. So that's what this is about. God is God is preparing us. It's all about this. Today's all about preparation. Say so say preparation. preparation. Say so you know God can use anybody. Did you know that that's why I love the love the scriptures? Because he he pointed out um, he pointed out fishermen and he pointed out tax collectors. He used he used prostitutes and he used kings. And it didn't matter use the rich, he used the poor. He used everybody that would come to him and say, "Yes, I want to be a vessel." And he would let them He would he would pour his spirit into them, or he would pour his heart into them, pour the word into them, and see them accomplish great things. Because God can use anybody. Say, God can use anybody. And if God can use anybody, He can use me. He can use little old me. Say little old me. me. Okay, so if He can use you, pay attention. All right? So we're going to be looking at uh, Luke chapter 1 and focusing on Zacharias and Elizabeth, not Mary, even though she's in the story. We're going to skip over her and get to her in, in two more weeks. There was in the days of Herod, and you're really going to have to keep up with me today, okay? So if you're taking notes, write them down. I've got points, and uh, they will start with F, so that, that, that's going to be so easy for you. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Now, Zacharias means God has remembered. Can you all remember that? I said a little pun. Can you remember that God has remembered? Okay. Of the division of Abijah and his wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth means oath or a covenant of God. Names are important. If you don't know what your name means, go find out what your name means. It's it's important. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, the first thing I want you to see is say faithful. Faithful. Say faithful. Say it again. Faithful. Faithful. See, in preparing for what was to come, not even knowing what it was, they were faithful. That's what I loved about this story. One One of the beautiful things about this story is they were just living life. You're just living life, aren't you? And you've got ups and downs. You've got rivers. You've got valleys. You've got highs and you've got lows. You got the the you know the the ugly and you got the beautiful in your life. You've got all these things happening in your life. And God says, in all that, in all that preparation, I want you to be faithful. They were faithful. They hadn't they hadn't seen anything great yet, but they were faithful. So God can use faithful people. And he's asking you this morning in your journey, whatever, you're, whatever God's called you to do, if it hasn't come to pass yet, are you still being faithful? How, do you, how does that look being faithful? How did it look for them? Well, they, he served. They served, they believed, they trusted. And that's how it should look for every one of you, that you serve, that you trust, that you believe, that you when the doors of church, when, the, when, the, when the, there's a time to come together, you come together to worship. When there's a time, a place for equipping, you come and you get equipped. When there's a time at home that you should be setting aside for prayer, you set that time aside for prayer, so you can walk in this thing called faithfulness and trust in God. Verse seven. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Say fearful. Fearful. Now, it doesn't really say what he was fearful of. Maybe it was just the presence of an angel. Because normally when angels showed up in the Bible, the first thing they said was, Do not be afraid. So they must have been a little bit scary, because they always had to say, Do not be afraid, right? But there's other reasons he could have been fearful because this was a great event for him. This was, this was a, an, a, an amazing event for him to be able to, he was chosen as a priest. Now, some theologians believe that there was as many as 20,000 priests at that time. And so if there was tw- not high priests, but 20,000 priests, and that they would draw, uh, they would draw uh, uh, lots, I don't know how they cast lots or whatever, but how to pick the next priest to get to go into the Holy of Holies. They didn't get to go inside it. They only went up to the, to the curtain, okay? There were three of them, and two stayed outside and did their deal. And the next one, the one that got to go on inside, now that was a big deal. So it was probably more. It was probably just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. How many of you ever had a once-in-a-lifetime experience? You're like, man, because you'll tell people, you know, that's just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I've had a couple of those. And so he was—it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So he goes in. I'm sure he's talked to the other priests that have been there before, and he's trying to get in there. He's trying to do the right thing. This angel shows up, and he's thinking. Man, I wonder if the, all the rest of the guys get an angel. Then nobody told me about an angel. And then he might have thought, thought, did I do it right? Anybody ever do that? You're like, did I get it right? I wonder why God's he's here. He's, he's kind of correcting me. I wonder what's going on because maybe I didn't get it right because maybe I didn't do just everything just exactly right. Did I mess up? Maybe he even thought, what's this angel doing here? Maybe he's thinking, I sh- maybe that angel's about to tell me to get out of here because I don't have any kids. And, and, you know, that was kind of a shameful thing back then. If you didn't have children. So there's a lot of things that could have been going through his head. So the angel shows up and and he he says this. But the angel said to him, verse 13, do not be afraid. I'm going to do my angel voice. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your heart is, your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. (laughs) That's Gabriel for you. That's the Gabriel voice that God gave me. John means Jehovah is a gracious giver. So the third thing I want you to see this morning is there is favor. Did you know that as a child of the king, you don't have to pray for favor? I hear it all the time. Pastor, would you pray for favor for me? Well, okay, I'll pray for favor. I understand that. I'll, I'll pray. We pray for favor for people. But you know the thing, I'll fo- usually follow that up with, but you already have favor. If you're a child of the king, are we children of the king? Yes. Shouldn't we have favor? Because yes. we're his beloved. Yes. Okay, so... When, he, when we talk about favor, you don't have to ask God for favor. Listen, in Psalm uh, 512, it says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. So we say, I have favor. I have. Say, I have the favor of God. Favor. So next time, you, next time you're going for a job interview or you're going to, to do something really important and you're, you're thinking, I need favor, just confess it. Declare it. I have favor because I am a child of the king. My daddy is Jesus. You know, I mean, my daddy is God the father. And, and I've got a savior that covers me and I'm led by the Holy Spirit. So I've got favor. So the, the angel says, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. I love, this is one of my favorite parts of this whole story. Listen, because listen, it says, God answered a prayer that he wasn't even praying anymore. Think about it. His wife's buried. She's old. He's old. He's going before the, he's going to do his deal. He's not thinking about a, his prayer that he had for a, a child back, back when they're in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s. And so he's, he's going, and then Zechariah, I mean, the angel says, Hey, God's answered your prayer. He's heard your prayer, Zacharias. And I'm through, I'm through my, my mind is going, Which prayer was that? Which one was it? Because I've prayed about a million prayers since then. Which one did he hear? That I would get to be here? Maybe that was a prayer. He, I, my lot would be chosen, and I would get to be serving today. And thank you, God. He answered my prayer. And he says, he has answered. He's heard your prayer, Zacharias. You know what? The, there's another translation. I love this. It says this. You have may have stopped. Well, here it is. God has answered a prayer you don't even pray anymore. It also means that God doesn't forget your prayers. It also means that God will... Has, Oh, boy, I can't, I can't read my own writing. You may have stopped praying even or believing for something, but God still can answer your prayers. You may have stopped believing for something, and I, I'm going to almost bet you, if I was a betting guy, that there are prayers that you prayed that God didn't answer the way you thought he would answer them, and you have stopped believing for the answer. You stopped believing that he was going to do it. Well, you, Or you just believe that my, his answer is no not gonna do it how many of you have been surprised by God that he answered a prayer that you prayed and you kind of forgot about praying for it come on lift your hands prodigals actually came home (laughs) well I quit praying for old Joe you know 20 years ago and here he is he got saved and you know he's doing great see what I'm saying he's so God doesn't forget your prayers not one of them because God doesn't forget only thing he does forget is our sins hallelujah and that's a, that's a choice that he makes to forgive us of our sins. Verse 14 now. And you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. That was a, a Nazarite vow. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That was a special infilling he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the lord the number four i want you to say forerunner. Forerunner. forerunner oh come on do better than that forerunner, forerunner. that's a toyota <laughs> i don't know how many of you ever owned a forerunner i had a forerunner terrible gas mileage But we are called to be forerunners. See, he's called. We look at this and we go, well, that was great because he's called Zacharias and Elizabeth to have a child so he can be a forerunner to Jesus. He's going to announce the birth of Jesus. And I thought, well, what does that have to do with us? How would we apply that to us today? Because God has placed everyone in this room as ambassadors of of Christ to be forerunners. Because guess what? He came, but he's coming again. again. Do y'all get that? You think it's important that you're, pre- that you're ready, you're prepared, and you're preparing the world to receive Jesus Christ. See, we have this great mandate on us. It's to tell the gospel story. It's to witness Jesus Christ to others. It's to bring people into the kingdom of God. It's to, it's to be an example before the world that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He ascended to the Father, and He's coming back again. Amen. And it could be sooner than later. And I, I believe it is sooner than later. I don't know that for sure, but I, I believe that because of the signs of the time that it's sooner than later. So we have this incredible calling on our lives. Say, I've got a calling. I've got a calling. I'm, a forerunner. I'm a forerunner. So when you leave here today, don't think you don't have something to do for Jesus. Okay? Verse 18, And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I like this, I am Gabriel. <laughs> he tells him his name now. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and pre- bring to you these glad tidings. But behold, you don't want to hear that from an angel. You will be mute <laughs> and not be able to speak until the days these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. <laughs> Number five is facts. Say facts. Did you know facts get in the way of our faith? Yes. Facts get in the way of our faith. Well, it can't happen. <laughs> Gabriel, you may not know this, but she's like 80 years old. <laughs> and have you seen me? I'm, I'm trying to serve in here, and I'm shaky, and I, I'm an old man. Are you really serious? You know, I, it's kind of like the Abraham Sarah story. I'm thinking maybe inside he's laughing, but the angel didn't take it that way. Gabriel's kind of, a, he's kind of an arrogant angel. I, I think he's kind of arrogant. I, I, I think he could have offered a little more grace there. Oh, I understand, Zechariah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. But you know, God can do anything. Come on, Zechariah. Just trust. God's going to do this. But he didn't. He said, you know what? Because you didn't believe, because you didn't jump up and down and say, yeah, I receive it, you're going to be mute. And I like he said, not only are you going to be mute, but you're not going to be able to speak which they all mean the same thing. So he's like a double-muted person. (laughs) It's a great story, isn't it? I'm not going to make any jokes about praying for people to be silenced. Verse 21. Okay, and the people waited for Zacharias. They're outside like, man... He's standing there too long. What's going on in there? Did, he, did, he, did, the ang- did somebody kill him because he wasn't worthy? And they marveled that he lingered so long in the temple, but when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now, you know how my mind works. In, in Well, maybe you don't. But what did it look like? What did it look like he comes out of the temple? And they're all waiting. Oh, Zacharias, what happened? I don't know. He had to do something. He had to get something across to them. And they're all like, Zacharias has had a little too much to drink. What's wrong with Zacharias? You know, that's just the way my mind thinks, and probably yours too. But I want you to see something cool about this. The the number six is follow through. Say follow through. through. Because actions speak louder than words. A little little bit of a pun intended there. He's mute, so actions speak louder than words. You following me? So whatever God is preparing for you to do, it's going to require action. Okay? Uh, you know, I'm just going to be one of those. I'm, a, I'm an intercessor. I'm, well, that's action. That's action. I am just going to be one of those people that's just kind of hidden. You know, I, I don't really feel like I need to witness to anybody. And, and God says, no, I think you do. Uh, you need to go and tell if you can. You need to go and share. You need to be an example. And so... The thing about it is, he had to go home and then do sign language to his wife. Now, I don't even want to show you what that might look like. <laughs> Just imagine. But he had to lay with his wife. I know we're chilling. A lot of youth in here today, but they probably understand that's how it happens. Old. Beyond childbearing years. And he believed the angel enough to say, okay, I will go home. I will follow through. I will follow through. I googled this. You know when you google something, it's always true. <laughs> bonjour, that's the answer, bonjour. That's an old commercial, bonjour. Say bonjour. I was the person that believed everything that they googled. I Googled this, and the oldest woman in modern history to bear a child was at the age of 74 in India in 2019. I'm not gonna tell you how old my wife is. We kind of wanted to have a third child. But can you imagine if my wife and I got up here today, guess what, we're pregnant! That's exactly what would happen. Ah! Yes! <laughs> That's a big joke. Yeah, we're expecting. Yeah, it's just, and we already know it's a boy. Yeah. Seventy-four. So I had to figure because I know the biblical there there are other and like Sarah was like ninety, but in modern times even and they had to have that IVT whatever that IV. Yeah. In what, that wine, in vitro, marit- I don't know. Is it about wine? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I need some wine. <laughs> but think about that. He had to go home and say, okay, this is how it's going. Well, he had to show you know, sign language. And then she conceived. Look at uh, verse 24. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And I like this, and she hid herself for five months. I would hide my wife, too, you know, for five months saying, don't, don't go out in public, <laughs> just stay home. Uh, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among people. See, the thing about it was to be barren back then was, like, Shameful. It was a reproach. We don't look at it that way anymore. We know that there are people that can, don't, aren't able to conceive, and we don't go, we don't chastise them or anything like that. I mean, that's ridiculous. But back then, it was in that culture, Was that's a horrible thing. That means something was wrong with you. And so they had to live with those scars. And that's why she said, look, the Lord has taken away my reproach from among the people. So the seventh thing I want you to see is that you say fruitful. fruitful. Did you know God wants you to bear fruit? If you're over 74, stand up. If you're over 74, If you need help? Somebody help them. 74. Come on. We're going to wait a while. (laughs) Stay standing. Isn't it funny that we're applauding people just because they're still alive? Yeah, they're alive! This is what I want to bless you with. I want to bless you in your latter years to be fruitful. Would y'all agree with me, church, that we can bless our elderly people, our, our seniors, saints, to be fruitful in their latter state and latter days? You may be seated. Here's the thing: is God's not done with them yet? Not done with me yet? He's not done with any of us. If you still got breath, He's not done with you. Jesus said that we were to go and to bear fruit. He said to bear much fruit. He said to bear fruit that would remain. He said that we're supposed to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That, that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We should be fruitful believers. And it should be, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I want to be careful how I say this, because she felt shamed because she, was not have, she didn't ever have a child. And I don't want to speak shame But guys, ladies and gentlemen, we should be doing the work of the Father. If you're a believer, if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, we should be active in our faith. There should be fruit in our faith. There should be fruit when we see our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. There should be fruit where we work. There should be fruit at the school that we attend. There should be fruit in our families. And it should emanate. It should come out of us because God has called us to, be, and to bear fruit and bear good fruit that remains. Say fruitful again. So after Elizabeth was pregnant for uh, six months, this is kind of, I'm just giving you the the synopsis in between the scriptures. God sent an angel, Gabriel, again, to tell Mary that she would birth the Christ child. And so she was pregnant and she made a trip to see her relative Elizabeth. Now, some people say they're cousins. It never really says that. This is a relative. And so she's going on. It's like a long journey for Mary to go. It's like 80 to 100 miles to get to where she's going, where they live. And she's thinking, I, I don't know what Mary's thinking except that I need to go a- and see my, my, my relative because she's a woman of faith and I need to tell her this good news. So Elizabeth and Zach Rice, what do you think they're doing while they're waiting these time for the baby to come? What do you think Zach Rice is doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's going to Home Depot. <laughs> and he's picking out blue paint. <laughs> Preparation. How many of you have had to prepare a room for your child? Raise your hands. How many of you are old school and you didn't want to know the, the sex of your child, so you had to paint it yellow? Because <laughs> yellow is good. It's good. Yellow goes both ways, and so. But we didn't. We didn't know the, the the sex of our children until they were born. Because I don't know that we wanted to, or was it even possible back then? Wasn't even possible back then. Yeah, yeah. We're out in the country under a tree. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. It's ugly. So Zacharias and Elizabeth are making preparation for this little boy named John because he's the forerunner of the Christ, the Messiah. So Mary enters the house, verse 39. Bye. We You got to go, you got to go. And there goes some more. Anybody else need to go? (laughs) Oh, I love freedom fellowship. There's just a lot of freedom here. So Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country, right outside of Kerrville, with haste to a city of Judah. It wasn't Kerrville, it was Judah. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Can y'all imagine this greeting? Listen to this. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. That's John. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't God incredible? Of all the ways to do what he did to bring a Savior to us, he chose that way. And did you ever just wonder why he did it that way? But he did. That's what he chose to do. So we could identify. We could maybe get a grasp of how special this was. And so she comes in. Hey, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth. Who? Oh, wow. And she was filled. That was a special filling of the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. Now listen to me. We just talked last week about this when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and remember we talked about uh, the, the ability to speak in tongues or pray in tongues. Or, but we also talked about what? What was, the, what was the best gift? Prophecy. Was it what? Prophecy. Now look at this. She prophesies as soon as she gets the, the Holy Spirit within her. Then she spoke out, that's prophecy, with a loud voice and said, this is Elizabeth speaking to Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb or leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Man. See, when we get baptized, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we ought to be able to speak. And it ought to be more than just tongues. It ought to be, we ought to be able to speak life into people like we've never spoken life into them before. And she spoke life into Mary. Mary might have been a little bit, like, fearful. She's coming into the house. Elizabeth, you're not going to believe this. And, that you're and she's like, settle down, Mary. I'm going to tell you what's happening because I'm a part of this, too. I'm a part of this. Zacharias, I'm going to tell you about Zacharias. He can't tell you anything right now. <laughs> But I will tell you, think about that. I, that's why I like The Chosen because all the backstories. They, they add stuff, and I know people go, well, they shouldn't do that. Listen, th- there were other things that happened, and I kind of have to think the way it would have happened if I was there. And I would go, wow, that, that's, that's awesome. And there would be more conversation than what we see, and I know there was more conversation than what we see. But the eighth thing I want you to see is say the word Filled. 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 All of us, listen, at salvation, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But God says, I want you to be baptized. I want the Holy Spirit to come upon you so that you may have power to be witnesses to me. In in, in all in all the world, I want you to be a witness to me. Because see, church, we are not just natural beings. We are created supernatural beings. We, we hear the Spirit of God. We walk by the Spirit. We, we walk by faith and not by sight. We are supernatural beings. Paul encourages us in Ephesians 5, he says, not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled. And, and that word filled there means to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you, oh, I'm just so dry. Well, have you asked the Holy Spirit to refill you? Have you asked Him? Because it's by faith that you receive Him. So we walk around, we're just dry, but then you ask somebody, why do you think you're dry? Are you in the Word? Well, I'm not really in the Word. Are you praying? Well, I'm not really praying. Are you asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill you? No, not really. So you're going to be dry? It's just a fact. It's like if you go all day without water, and then you go the next day without water, you're going to be dehydrated, and dehydrated is not a good thing. You need to be hydrated by the Spirit of God. It's the rivers of living water that flow through you. That's a great hydration. It's a great hydration. So let's finish this incredible story. Verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias, which would have been the normal thing to do. And his mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. Hmm. Think about that. You need to name that kid after his daddy. No, his name is going to be John. But they said, her, oh, There's no, mon- no one among your relatives who is called by this name. Now here we go again. So they made signs to his father like he couldn't hear. But again, he was mute and he couldn't speak, so maybe there's something to that. So they made sign to his father, and I'm, he's probably going, I can't hear. you know What he would have him called. And so he asked for a writing tablet. And he wrote this: "His name is John. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? He was going, he believed the angel. He saw a miracle happen before his eyes. And he was doing everything he was supposed to do. And yet the angel said, you're going to name that kid John? And he might have thought, well, I want to name Zacharias. Z is a cool name. Zach is awesome. <laughs> no, his name's going to be John. So he gets this big writing tablet. Yes. And then the exclamation point in all caps, five exclamation points like some of you text. (laughs) Anybody in all caps text her? It's just easy, isn't it? I didn't know till this year that you could double click that little thing and make capitals. (laughs) Nobody tells you these things. Eight-year-old will tell you, you know, you can do that and... Anybody else like that? You didn't know you could double-click and get your all-caps? Okay. See me after church. I'll show you how to do it. (laughs) His name is John. So the crowd, they all marveled. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke. Praising God. Can you imagine after being silenced for nine plus months? He could have said a lot of things. He could have had a lot of questions. He could have shook his fist. He could have have said a lot of things. Hey Mary, you have a child. Elizabeth, sorry, (laughs) wrong wife. (laughs) But he didn't. He praised God. We sang songs this morning about praising God. And sometimes I think we can we can sing Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free, not even know what we're singing. You know, Hallelujah means praise the Lord. Hmm? When's the last time you said Hallelujah? Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Zechariah says Hallelujah. God, you're so good. Your promises are yes and amen. You rescued me. You've blessed me beyond belief. I've got a son now. I've got a son. I'm not ashamed anymore. I can walk down the street and people are going, God did this. See, that's what I believe, that That we're supposed to be about. It's not about what we've accomplished. But when people see us, they say, God did that. God did that. What's going on in your life? Let me tell you what God's done in my life. And we have these incredible stories that we tell of faith, of testimony, of what God has done and what He's doing, what He's going to do. They marveled. And he began to praise God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all of those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, What kind of child will this be? (laughs) And the hand of the Lord was with him. Wow. What kind of child is he going to be? It's going to be a special kid. Sometimes we forget our children are special because maybe they don't they don't you know they don't rise to the occasion or they don't always uh, please us or they do th- or they rebel or different things and so we, we put them in this category where they're the troubled child they're the the mentally ill child they're this child or they're that, that child and God said no they're your child and they're special they're special this testimony Can you just wait to see what's going to happen with him? But what's going to happen with your kids? The last thing is fulfillment. Say fulfillment. Fulfillment. You know, we think about how John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. But I want us all to see today this thing. I want you to see this. Without the preparation of Zacharias and Elizabeth, we wouldn't have seen John. If Elizabeth and Zacharias weren't faithful, we would not have seen John. Not from them anyway. God could use somebody else. Couldn't he? And they could have named a child John, couldn't he? Can he use other people besides you? If you don't do what you're supposed to do, will he get somebody else to do it? So what will you miss? The blessing. You'll miss the blessing. What if Zacharias would have said, "Ah, Gabriel, you're crazy. Get out of here. I'm doing my job. I'm a very religious man, and I'm taking care of the temple. I'm taking care of my duties. Just leave me alone. And this nonsense about a child, listen, my wife is old. I'm old. We don't even want a kid. We're done. And the angel would have said, okay, you can go ahead and live your life, Zacharias. You can still be... Serve the church. You live your life and you can die and nothing nothing good will happen. I mean you just be ordinary. Did you know God will let you do that? Some of you have already done that. You not died, but some of you have already said no to what God's called you to do, an angel's t- told you to do, the Word of God showed you to do, the Holy Spirit spoke to you to do. He's already told you. He's already called you. He's already given you purpose. He's already given you a plan. He's always given you prep. He's saying, prepare for this. This is happening. And you know what you said? Some of you have said, eh, that's out of my comfort zone. And eh, I don't think I'm, I'm talented enough for that. Oh, I'm just going to listen to the facts. And I'm not going to step out in faith. I think I'll stay in the boat where it's safe. You know, so many sermons that God gives me, is about, it's, it's a challenge for us to get out of our comfort zone, get out of our, our place of apathy. And, and, you know, apathy leads to apathetic, you know, or pathetic, because we're not living the, the life that God's called us to live. And so God's going to use somebody else. He said, well, that's great. God, let them do that because that just sounds so messy. That sounds like so much work. But guess what they're going to get? They're going to get the blessings that you'll never see. They're going to they're live in the joy that you've never experienced. They're going to walk in the power that you've never even participated in because you were afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. You said, but I am afraid and I'm staying afraid. I'm going to walk in fear. I'm going to live in fear. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen to that pastor and I'm going to go walk right out here and I'm just going to go back to my same old life. And when I die, you know, I'll stand before God and I'll have to give him an excuse. And when you get before God, there is no excuses. I would hate to have continued to live my life the way I was living it, and it was a good life, and I was a good person, and I loved Jesus, but he had called me, and if I would have said no, 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 then one day when I stand before God, and he says, give account of yourself, I'd, I'd have said, well, God, you know, it just really wasn't convenient. And, there was, and I would have said, Harold, let me show you what you missed. Let me show you the lives that you would have touched, but you've refused me. Now, you're going to get to go into heaven, but you got this little place on the outside. <laughs> but it's not about that. It's about do you want to please God? Or do you want to please yourself? Because yes, in America, we've learned that pleasing ourselves is the biggest thing. It's what we do, we like convenience. That's why we have some inconvenience stores. We like fast. That's why we have microwaves and drive-thrus. And we don't want to believe in the power of God much. That's why we have emergency rooms and hospitals and doctors everywhere. And I'm not against them, but we do that before we even pray. We've got things backwards here. But there's people in this room and I think you're listening right now. In Jesus' name, you had a calling on your life. And up until this day, even through all the stuff you've gone through, there's been preparation. And you think it's all been problems. And God says, I'm going to use all the things that I've. you've gone through, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the valleys, the mountaintops. I'm going to use all that. But today, you've got to believe, not an angel, even though I am an angel, because the definition of an angel is a messenger. They work that. That's why it works. So that's why it's hard to herald. (laughs) I think that's spelled differently. (laughs) Literally, though, a a preacher is a messenger, and the uh, definition of a messenger and an angel the same thing. So if you want to hear my angel voice, (laughs) this is really God speaking, Holy Spirit speaking. Stop running. Start believing. Amen. This is a room full of people. And if every one of us actually said, I'm going to do what God told me to do, no matter what it looks like, I want to start out by being faithful. And there's going to be fruit. There might be some fear involved, but God's going to help me overcome that. And I'm going to step into my destiny. That's for every one of you. That's not for the person next to you. I shake your hands Sunday mornings. And I see that there's no light (laughs) in some of your eyes. There's no light. God wants to put that light in you. You can do actually more than you think or imagine that you can do when the Holy Spirit lives in you. Did you know that? You can accomplish so many things for the kingdom of God, you wouldn't even imagine that God could use you that way. But He can. Would you stand up?